Well, it started in church, so I, I got to, you know, join the drama ministry and got to start exercising some of that. But I couldn't go full fledged because I had a family, man. You know what I mean? I had, I had a family of five. Yeah. And they talk. They, they talk about starving. You know, artists. Yeah. 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 It's, that's a real thing. Yeah. So you know, I didn't want to uh, you know sacrifice my kids to my career. Sure. Uh, so I was just I was in IT. And, you know, for 25 years or so like that. And then when my kids got to a certain age, I'm like, all right, you know, uh, maybe I can explore this now. And that's what happened. Welcome to Unstoppable. Are you tired of inspiration and ready for action? Are you ready to study the process of success? My name is Ralph Graves Jr. And on this show, we will hear stories of amazing people who are not just dreaming. They're actually living the life they want. Now, if you're ready to start moving toward the dreams you know you can reach, you are in the right place. This is Unstoppable with Ralph Graves Jr. Everybody, welcome to another edition of the Unstoppable Podcast. My name is Ralph Graves Jr. So glad you guys could be a part of this podcast tonight, today, whenever time of day you're listening. My guest is Frank Sean Johnson. Now, you may not have heard of that name yet, but you will actor he's a comedian he's he does a lot if you turn on tv you probably see him in a few commercials i think he's been on a few law and orders welcome to the program brother thank you pastor gray appreciate you brother man i am so glad to have you here man and uh you have a unique story and i just wanted to share it with my uh unstoppable um audience man audience tell them a little bit about yourself man you're from south jersey like myself give them a little background then we'll jump in Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, from South Jersey, that big town, Chiselhurst, you know, nestled right in between Echo and Hamilton, you know, representing the Hearst. Um, also, you know, I got roots in, in Philadelphia, North Philadelphia. I basically had a parent in each place. So um, I grew up uh, South Jersey mostly, man. Um, ended up uh, joining the Air Force and coming home. And then that's kind of where, you know, the story gets a little crazy, but we gonna, we're going to get into that. But I'm a child of God, you know what I mean? Love the Lord. And, um, you know, that's kind of been my fuel for everything that I do. But so you started, you, you grew up in Chiselhurst, South Jersey. And for those of you who don't know, Chiselhurst is not a real big town. It's a smaller town. Um, it, we would call it a two-horse town, right? It's part of Berlin, right? <laughs> Berlin yeah, town. Yeah, well, we, might, we worked our way up to two horses. You know, we had one horse, one cop, one firefighter. We had one everything, but we worked it out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now you grew up in Chiselhurst and, and we know a lot of the same people. You went away to the air force, man. When did you join the air force? Uh, 1990, 1990, right. You know, a couple of years out of high school. How many, how many, well, thank you for serving. Thank you for serving. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how many years did you serve? Uh, eight. Eight. Okay. All right. Eight. You come home after eight years. Tell us the story. Well, I didn't quite make it to the eight years. I went in, everything happened real quick, Pastor. It was, I, I joined, like a couple months later, I went to you know basic training, then I went to tech school, came home, and a couple months after I got home, I was deployed. This is when you know the, 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 the Middle East wars began and, and you know Desert Shield and Desert Storm. So I was deployed, you know, back then. And um, you know, you had to go. So I went, I was stationed in Germany uh, as, a, as a psychiatric specialist. So uh, basically our job was 
you know, to monitor and monitor, evaluate and treat, you know, the mental issues, just to paint it with a big brush, um, you know, all the, the psychological issues that come from war. So I kind of had firsthand, you know, look at the effects, you know, of that war. So that, that was my job there and whatever else they told you to do, to be quite honest. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But came home, you know, after that was over, you know, thank God I made it through, you know, not necessarily unscathed because, you know, there's some things you can't unsee, you can't unhear, you can't unsmell, you know, there's some things that are just going to stick with you. Uh, but when I came home, you know, I was grateful to be home, grateful uh, to have family and everything home waiting for me. And then, uh, you know, and then I, I basically came from one war back into another war. And as being a young guy in Philly, uh, you know, I made it through. But, you know, I had some issues when I came back from serve. I was just in the wrong place, wrong time, with the wrong people. And uh, it caught up to me. How to catch up to you? Tell us what happened. Tell the audience what happened to you. All right. Well, I I was shot in the back and paralyzed um, in a in a um, it wasn't a domestic dispute. It was I guess it was like road rage. Really, I wasn't driving, but the other person was driving. And uh, me and a couple friends of mine were just walking and almost got hit by this car who was you know, driving, driving backwards and, you know, young guys just driving, joyriding, basically almost hit me and my friends. And one of my friends had something to say to him. And, you know, uh, you know, one thing led to the next thing and we thought it was over. I mean, this, this argument was about that quick. Hey man, what's wrong? Something wrong with your brakes? Yeah. Next time get out the street. All right, whatever. We out, we leave and we walking away. Yeah. I was, what was I? 19, 19, 20. You know, this kid was like 15, maybe. And I mean, I wasn't going to sit there and argue with some 15-year-old kid. So we walk away. And uh, just a couple minutes later, man, just these 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 three cats came up behind us and just started shooting. Okay. So I got hit. Nobody else. Well, uh, a girl got hit who was at the next corner. She got hit four times. I got hit twice. It was three guys, three guns. They were empty their clips because the... The, you know, the, the detective said there was like 33 shell casings on the scene. So it's three different guns. And they basically, I mean, they just, they just emptied everything out. And uh, I got hit in my back and through my arm. I was paralyzed on the spot. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a crazy night, man. It was a real crazy night. I mean, I don't know how much time we got, but it's so much packed into that night. Yeah. Um, you know, and I keep discovering new stuff even today. It's it's wild. The more I tell the story, little details will come in and be like, wow. Yeah. Uh, well, this God is called the Unstoppable Podcast. Now, that didn't stop him, ladies and gentlemen. That <laughs> did not stop him. That didn't stop him. He was paralyzed. How long were you paralyzed, Sean? You, you know, man, it's hard to tell because I stopped, like, counting days and stuff once I got shot. Like, my whole perspective of life just changed. But... It maybe it was a few months that I was paralyzed, and before things start coming back real, real slow. Uh, but that was that waiting for things to come back. That was the hard part. Uh, the hard part was even thinking they would come back. Okay, you know what I mean? Because the, the doctors, you know, they basically told me that I wasn't going to walk again because I got shot in my spine. Let me ask you, man. At such a young age, man, you know, 
um, what kept you fighting? What kept you saying now that they got to be wrong? Because, man, you you're doing amazing things right now. So you had to have some sort of resilient or even though you were young, your mindset still had to be a lot different than others who would have just accepted that. I always tell people the doctor will give you a report, but there's always another report. That's the truth. I always say, you know, there's a reason why doctors have practices. They don't have perfects. Yeah, they got practices. You know, what I mean, they go a theory and case study. That's it. And their opinion. That yeah. is it. So, you know, he had his opinion and I and I respected it and I almost believed it. But if I didn't have. Friends and family that was that was locked into that word, man, if I didn't have them coming up and reading to me scriptures while well, I wasn't I wasn't even conscious. Bro, I, you know, reading to me, reading these all these scriptures on faith and healing and and don't, you know, don't forget what the doctor said. I remember that was one first things uh, a friend of mine, Barrington, has said. He said, uh, forget what the doctor said, man. They don't they don't know. They don't know. But the one who does know, that's the one you talk to. And whatever his decision is, that's what it's going to be. But believe, you know, he wants the best for you and then go from there. So to answer your question, man, I had I had the faithful. You know, I had I had some saints in my corner that was kind of pointing me in the right direction. Sure, sure. And, and, at, and at such a young age, man, you really you really held on and believed. You know, you and I are men of faith. You know, I make no mistake about it. You know, I'm, I'm a born again believer. And I know you are, too. And uh, so people listening, you know, they they know that about about me and now they know it about you. And so you held on to the, the word of God at that time, even at a young age. So fast forward. How do you lose your leg? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, there's a whole lot in between that. Like I didn't lose okay. my leg. Okay. All right. You know, there's, I was paralyzed and things started to come back slowly. Okay. It was a toe. I remember being in a room full of people and, and according to the stories, I, I had hundreds of people come through. I wasn't even conscious half of the time, but I remember one time I was awake and there were a lot of people in the room and I had, you know, my feet were in these little bunny slipper things for circulation. And if this is my foot, my toe did like this. It was that subtle. But wow. I saw in my mind, it was like it was shaking like this, man. And that was the beginning of God proving himself to me. Amen. Because I had already in my mind believed that I would walk again. Yeah. And that toe, it's, it's something so small. And, and so minute, man, it was so huge for me. So that just fueled my faith even more that, okay, if this is moving, this is going to move. And it just moved, this is going to move, but this is going and it just, it just kind of snowballed, you know, into, you know, me walking, but it was, it was a long journey from learning. I had to learn how to walk again. Yeah. I had to learn how to do the things that I, that I had taken for granted my whole life. Like even now we don't think left right left and you know all the muscles in your feet that keep you balanced you have you if you don't have that you just you take a step you fall over because there's no balance so man it took me a couple of years to go from from that to having a leg brace on and being able to walk without a walker or without a cane um and and now i'm still you know still a challenge for me now but the leg and i had my leg the whole time okay it was just just one leg was just paralyzed. Well, I was paralyzed from the waist down. Then everything started coming back. And then I had about 80% back, except for my right leg from the knee down. Okay. Still paralyzed. 
wasn't giving me no love. Okay. So, you know, I was able to live with, I was actually really grateful because the alternative was what the doctor said. You right. Know, I wouldn't even standing up. I'd be in a wheelchair. You know, he told me, you know, you need to go to school for something you can do in a wheelchair. Cause I was about to go to school to be, I was about to go to school to take my prerequisites to become a state trooper. Okay. And, and so he was like, yeah, you know, you got to do something from a wheelchair. So anyway, yeah. Um, so it took me a while to get to the point where I was walking again. And, uh, you know, but with the, with the paralysis, it's just, you have to keep an eye on your, your feet, you know, just like diabetics. Okay. That's the most important thing. Keep an eye on your feet. You get a sore, it's a problem. Same thing with mine. Cause I ain't had no feeling in my feet. Okay. So if I get a blister or cut or something, I don't know about it, it gets infected. I got to amputate. So that's basically what happened okay. after 20 years of, you know, having my leg and wearing a brace to walk. I actually lost one of my legs to uh, MRSA, to an infection. And I actually got infected in the hospital when I was in the hospital for something else. And that was uh, 20 years later. Later. Yeah. Wow. This My amputation was in 2013. I got shot in 1993. Wow. Wow. And so I'm, I know going through these things, man, I know, you you know, probably have some questions and but your resilience is remarkable because you get into acting and plays and comedy. How do you how do you get into that? Uh, and knowing your personality, I've never seen you whimper. I know you might have bad days, but I've never seen you whimper, heard you to heard you complain. But I've watched you act. I've I've seen you do some comedic things. How did you? How did you get into that? How did you use that to, to even though it's a tragedy, you still got into acting and playing make pretend for a living? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I always wanted to, to play make pretend. You know what I mean? I always wanted that. As a matter of fact, like the when I got shot at the time, I was part of a, uh, a crew, um, a, a rap crew. Like I had my own rap crew. It was four of us and DJs okay. and everything. Okay. And but, you know, some of the trajectory of my plans wasn't going to be something that I would have been proud of. You know what I mean? Right. We were very talented and I, and it was into it was in me to perform. It was in, it was in me to write. You know what I mean? But I was just doing it for the wrong, you know, the wrong reasons and, and the wrong intent. Um, but I always wanted to be I always knew I had a message, I always knew I was creative, I always knew uh, that I could maybe take a message and relay it in a way that somebody can digest it. You know what I mean? Just based yeah. on how I do it. So, um, so, and that, you know, eventually led me to, you know, go back to, you know, some of the things I wanted to do as a child and, and acting was one of them. And I really couldn't, well, it started in church. So I, I got to, you know, join the drama ministry and got to start exercising some of that, but I couldn't go full fledged because I had a family, man. You know what I mean? I had, I had a family of five. Yeah. And they talk, they, they talk about starving, you know, artists. Yeah. 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 It's, that's a real thing. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't want to, uh, you know, sacrifice my kids to my career. Sure. Uh, so I was just, I was in IT and, you know, for 25 years or so like that. And then when my kids got to a certain age, I'm like, all right, you know, uh, maybe I can explore this now. And that's what happened. 
Now, listen, man, if you could be remembered for one thing, with all of that, if you could be remembered when, 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 you know, the time has come for you to be remembered, what would you want to be remembered for? If you could be remembered for one thing, Sean. For one thing. Remember for one thing. I think, you know, I think, I think it would be like when I said about all these people that came to see me in the hospital. Yeah. I was encouraging people that were coming to see me. Wow. You know what I mean? I was telling them it's going to be okay. You know, I'm going to be okay. It's fine. I'm telling, I'm telling them not to worry. If I can be remembered for someone who had, you know, enough faith to, to increase their faith in my tragedy, you know, I think that's, that's something that they'll be able to use and have been using later, you know, now, wherever they are, you know, to go back to that point and be like, man, I remember, you know, when Sean Frank, whoever his name is, was in this situation and he told me this and, you know, and now look at him. And it's crazy that he said that. And you know what, brother pastor, it ain't, I had to go through that myself. Yeah. Because I was in the hospital with a guy next to me who couldn't move from his chest down. Wow. You know what I mean? And he's sitting over there and he's just looking at me with his eyes and turning his head. And wow. he's, you know, he's giving me advice. Yeah. So, yeah, you may not have seen me, uh, you know, complaining and down and out, but he did. <laughs> you know what I mean? He saw me every night when every all the visitors left after eight o'clock and ain't nobody else there. You know, and I'm sitting there and I'm crying in bed and I'm calling, you know, big tough guy. I'm calling my mom. And, you know, he saw all that. And yeah. but he was able to encourage me in his situation. And wow. I, to this day, I still remember that. I still feel that because that's that was amazing to me. Yeah, yeah. that was amazing. Where do you get your where, where do you get your um? because uh, I know you wrote a play or two. Didn't you write a couple of them? Three of them? Um, I wrote a, a one major play and the other ones were kind of like, okay. you know, mini plays, kind of like did, what I did for you. Where did you get your inspiration from, man? To, 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 to like, what did you tap into to, to write those major plays? Where'd you get your inspiration from to write that play? I guess just what I see, you know, what I see the people in my life, you know, the play that I did um, was called Pigs and Pearls. Um, um, you know, talking about casting your pearls before swine, because I, I see, you know, and, and it was really geared toward uh, women and for the most part, but it really is for all of us. I mean, you know, casting your pearls before swine is, you know, giving something that is of value to yourself to something that can never appreciate the value. You know, a pig can never appreciate the pearls. I don't care, you know, how smart the pig is. It'll never appreciate pearls around its neck and so that was kind of you know my inspiration with that and my mother you know growing up you know watching what my mother you know went through with you know raising you know all these kids by herself and not really understanding or knowing her value um so i really just wanted to plant that seed um you know in the world man that you know we are value and to know your value number one know your value and nobody ever cheat you now you've you've you have been you've acted so much and I I know I've I've seen you on on TV I've seen your commercials I even seen you playing were you playing basketball in a wheelchair one time Yeah yeah it was that was a one of those commercials one of those healthcare commercials So I know you're part of the actors guild right and I and I know that 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 acting thing can be tough and uh so what's an insult that you receive that you're pretty proud of <laughs> That's a good question an insult 
you know, <laughs> that you may have received out there. You know, I'm pretty proud that, you know, I, I learned from that. I'm pretty proud. Like I'm, I'm, I'm too, I'm too much or whatever, you know. Um, and maybe you have, maybe you never viewed it as an insult. I don't know. A backhanded compliment, I should say, because folks love a backhanded compliment. Like, you know, you could look, you could look for a bald guy. <laughs> right, right, right. It's real hard for me to, to, to receive insults. Right. It, it really is. And, yeah. I mean, it's the hardest thing in the world. And I feel like I know they're out there and I know they're cutting unless, but unless it's like really blatant, but still I can respect somebody's opinion, even if I don't agree with it. And being an actor, you can't be insulted. Like you won't work. Right. You know what I mean? You won't work if you're insulted because, you know, let's just take, for instance, uh, the audition process. Okay. Okay. You get, you know, whatever you apply for this audition, you get a script or whatever you go do it. And, and then you wait. And that's it. They don't tell you. If you don't get it, then you just don't hear from them. That's okay. it. The only time they call you back is when you got it. Okay. You just can't wait. So I remember a coach, uh, acting coach, telling me uh, one day, they said, you, as an actor, you have to have the mentality of a baseball player. Okay. So a baseball player, the best baseball players in the world will hit three out of 10 balls. Okay. That's the greatest. 300 or 300, that's the greatest. Wow. They said, you got to be able to be happy with that, those other seven, forget about it. If you can get one out of every 10 auditions, you're gonna be a very successful uh, actor. And that's just the mentality you gotta have. And that just kind of rolls down to everything else, to people, to insults, to, I mean, even with my leg, like people say stuff about my leg, but it's only because they're curious, you know yeah. what I mean? Or they're not used to interacting with somebody like me, so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure the men's is out there, man, but honestly, I don't think I hear them. <laughs> well, that's good. That's like water on a duck's back. Yeah, water on yeah. Duck. So here I am. I'm 18. I'm 19. I'm 20 years old. I'm facing some adversity, you know, and that's why I, I wanted you to, to tell your story, you know. Um, but here I am, 18, 19, 20, 30, whatever the case may be. And I'm facing some adversity, and um, I want to quit. I want to give up. I want to throw in the towel. What are you saying to me right now, whether it's physical, whether it's financial, whether it's, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a single mom, I'm a single dad, I have some purpose, some passions, and I just can't really seem to get to them. Encourage me right now, man. I would say the, the victories, man, are in the, 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 the small wins, the really small wins. Um, and, and I learned this. In, in the hospital trying to walk. So let's just look at that. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta stand before you can walk. You know what I mean? You gotta bounce up before you take a step. Um, yeah. you know, and, but it, but it all goes back to standing up. You know what I mean? The fact that my legs didn't work anymore, you know how much courage it had to take just to try, yeah. you know what I mean? Like to try to stand up and fall and stand up again and fall and try to take a walk and fall. And I would say the small victories are in, in the very, the, the very small things, like the fact that you, uh, that you, that you want to stand up or the fact that you got, you were able to walk two feet today, that's a victory. And I think if you focus on your wins, you won't see the losses, you know, everybody's winning at something, everybody's winning at something, but we, we get so focused on the big picture. 
You know what I mean? And and if I if I was to think from the hospital bed, I want to get up and run and play ball. You know what I mean? That's way too far. That's yeah. way too far. Come on back a little bit. You want to get up. Let's stop there. Let's wow. get up. Yeah. You know, and then work from there. So it's just those small things. And then you just build on top of that. And the next thing you know, you know, you got your life back. You got your mentality back and you're you're scaling, you know, these obstacles and buildings and you're jumping hurdles and you don't realize it because you had all these little small things that that got you over the things that you thought you couldn't get over. Yeah. So, yeah. Small victories, man. Well, man, thank you for sharing that. You guys listening, small victories. We we know that you got huge aspirations. Right. But take it from a man who had to figure out how to walk again. Man, thanks for sharing that, man. I, Not I, to mention how to go to the bathroom again. Wow. You know what I mean? How to interact with people again. Wow. They took me to a store from the wheelchair and taught me how to shop, how to open doors and everything. Man. And I'm going to tell you, the toughest thing for me to do was that when I went back in, I didn't want to go back outside anymore. They said it's a culture shock because you don't, you've never interacted with the world like this. Yeah. Everybody was, I was looking at everybody's belly button. Mm. That thing is like, you're looking up at everybody. And for a man that changes your whole mentality. Like now I'm looking at, uh, at kids. I'm even with kids. You know, people got to look down at people trying to help me do every little thing. So I had to adjust to that, man. So it was a lot of adjustment. But you know what? Them small victories and, you know, my faith, my family uh, kept me on point for sure. Man, listen, I want to listen. You you have you've inspired me, you know, man. and I, and I do this a lot, man. And uh, I, I just want to thank you for coming on and sharing that, man. Like we never think of it from that perspective. You know, you you weren't born like that. You you right. were Air Force, rocking and rolling, rap. You had a, a rap career, athlete. You know, you was you was that guy. And but you kept fighting through it. And guess what? You still are that guy, man. You are you are one of my favorite people to to uh, watch and keep an eye on, man, because you are definitely inspired. And it has nothing to do with you just fighting through the fact that you got one leg, but just who you are, man, the personality and the resilience that you have, man. I, I just, we're, we're blessed to know you, man. Now, listen, where can my audience find you? Are you working on anything? Do you have anything out there? Can they tell me what, what Instagram they can follow? Tell them, tell them where they can find you. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook under Frank Sean Johnson. Um, I have, um, there's actually, uh, I'm in a film, uh, called Christmas and me, which is on Amazon. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. That's out yeah, right it's now. In theater, it's in theaters as well. Um, really? and life in me is another one. I'm gonna watch it tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Christmas and me is in theaters. Uh, is that one on Amazon yet? I know life, life in me is. But um, this one, that's the latest one I'm doing with Sebastian Foxworth, um, Foxworth um, Productions. Um, but if you go on my page, you know, you'll see whatever else I'm doing on there. Wow. And my website is frankshawnjohnson.com. All right. Repeat the page again. Repeat the page so they can get there. Uh, the page is frankshawnjohnson.com. Sean spelled S-E-A-N. And uh, Frank Sean Johnson is also my 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 page name for Facebook and Instagram. Man, we're going to be looking out for everything Frank Sean Johnson, man. Uh, you know, you're going to be on a Hallmark channel, right? A Hallmark movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, actually, that's funny you say that. Because I actually wrote a screenplay that we were going to pitch to Hallmark. We Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, because I got some people on here that, that want to write screenplays. And you hear that? He wrote a screenplay that he's going to pitch to Hallmark. So you can do the same thing. That Absolutely. Maybe I'll have you back to talk about that. But but that screenwriting process, I may have you have you come back and talk about that, man, because okay. I, yeah, I have some, some um, aspiring you know, writers and, and those who want to know how to break in on that side of the camera, okay. not right. on the the other side for the, the front side man so um we have folks on instagram live the, uh, uh folks have checked in uh tiffany says she commends you man she's really you know she give you a salute <laughs> thank you Tiff. thank you uh malik said well spoken my friend man listen our journeys mean something to people to people and i and i hope you guys have enjoyed this now i asked this closing question to a lot of guests and if you ever listen to the podcast you've heard it before I have a closing question. Uh, simply, if you could have a billboard, a billboard anywhere, anywhere in any city, a billboard anywhere in any city, where would it be, and what would it say? Um, it would be here in Philadelphia. Um, and and maybe like where I got shot. Mm, wow. Yeah. The 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 that right there on that corner. And it will say, if the, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Wow. And change I've had to do that. Things, the things yeah. you look at change. Wow. Okay. I love that, yeah. man. Tell me where that. Tell me where that came from. Yeah, I'm about to. I'm about to lie now because I'm trying to get. I I did got. I got the quote from. Oh, what is his name? It's a quote. I love the quote and I can't remember who said well, it. Whatever it is, when we put it on the billboard, we're going to put your name under it. <laughs> <laughs> but man, thank you for being a part of the Unstoppable program. Thank you for taking out the time today, man, to just sit with me and rap and um, and, and make this a, a better program. And um, guys, look out for everything Frank Sean Johnson. Guys, thank for thank you for checking out the Unstoppable podcast. Been brought to you by... Living in wellness, living in wellness. Um, you're about to, if you're in the South Jersey area, come visit. That is hydration and vitamins and everything else, living in wellness. And also Legal Shield. Legal Shield is a proud partner of the Unstoppable program. Just go to uh, Graves Ralph 642wearelegalshield.com and you'll find out all about it. But Sean, thank you for being part of this program. May God continue to bless you. And guys, remember, let's be unstoppable together. See ya. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Unstoppable. If you like this show, my only request is that you share it with someone you know who needs to hear it. A huge part of the journey of success is doing it in community. So I want you to share this episode with a friend of yours. And if you want to get in touch, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me a DM on Instagram at Ralph Reeves Jr. with one thing you loved about this episode, and I will make sure to give you a shout out. I'll see you next week on Unstoppable.